Hi guys, this is Dale Tedder and welcome to the Right Path Podcast, helping you follow the way to truth in life. And this is Season 5, Episode 19, and the name of this episode is The Supremacy of Jesus. I will tell you uh, right now, and then I'll repeat it in the main message, that I am a bit of a comic movie nerd. Uh, I love the science fiction, I love the superhero movies, uh, love Lord of the Rings, that's my favorite by far. Anyway, there's a lot of things I love about it, but when I watch these movies, I'm always thinking to myself, what superpower are they trying to emulate that came from, uh, that relates somehow to who God is? Uh, they may, they'll, they'll never say the words, but you know, they always fall short of making the person God himself, uh, because of course, God himself could never be defeated, so they always have to have some sort of weakness, some sort of shortcoming, or, or whatever it may be. But not Jesus. And uh, this, uh, the title of this episode, as I mentioned, is called The Supremacy of Jesus, and it's sort of a, a showdown that Jesus has with some evil spirits in Capernaum, and uh, I think it really is a fantastic and very interesting story about what Jesus did because of who Jesus is, and he really is supreme. So guys, thank you for checking out the podcast today, and here we go. One more bit of housekeeping before I get to the message, and that is this. Uh, I have a new website. It is walkingpoints.com, and the address for that is the word walking hyphen points.com. W-A-L-K-I-N-G hyphen P-O-I-N-T-S dot com. Walkingpoints.com. And uh, I will have a link to this podcast there. Some of you are listening to this on Anchor. Others of you are listening to it on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or perhaps other platforms. But I just want you to know that if you go and you click on that website or my Walking Points website, you'll see the link there. And the link will take you to the Anchor page because Anchor is um, where I make my podcasts. And they give you a variety of places to choose. And you can go there and you could subscribe to the podcast at uh, the platform of your of your choice. And uh, while you're at the website, please make sure to subscribe there as well. I send out um, usually some sort of prayer on Sunday morning, a devotion that I write out on Wednesday morning. My podcast normally comes out on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, and I'm trying to keep it to just one thing a day and not even every day of the week because I don't want to bombard your email uh, box with you know all my stuff. So hopefully there'll be some good things there that'll uh, that you'll enjoy. So now let's get to the message of the supremacy of Jesus. And I I mentioned at the beginning that I really am you know something of a superhero movie nerd uh, of the highest order. I mean I really do enjoy watching all of these uh, movies. And now we have Disney Plus, so I'm watching the series. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. And uh, as I mentioned, uh, because I enjoy these so much, I really like it when they come out to the movie theater. Uh, I recently saw one um, a couple weeks ago, and I realized it's the first one that I saw. I'm doing this on July 27th, and it's the first time I'd seen a movie 
um, in the month of July of 2021 since, gosh, I think back in December of 2020. I mean, it had been quite a long time. So I'm grateful that the movie theaters are opening back up again and that Marvel is coming out with some great movies. And there's some other good movies that are coming out as well. Anyway, this is not primarily about movies. But anyway, uh, I, I do... You know, try to see them at the theater, and then when they finally make it to the small screen, well, I watch it there as well. Probably more times than I should say in public. But one of the themes that some of these movies have explored over the last decade or so is the connection between power and authority. The connection between power and authority. These superheroes, of course, have supernatural powers after all, but the question that has continued to be asked throughout these movies is, should they use them? Or if they should use them, how should they use them? By what right, by what authority are they using them? Are they authorized to do so? And then who are they answerable to if things go wrong? And what standard of right and wrong are they, you know, should you apply to these situations? And so I think our scripture for this episode focuses on this interrelationship between power and authority. And uh, you might want to call this the showdown at Capernaum. And I think it reveals to us that Jesus has both the power and authority. And I think that's really important for the Christian life. Jesus has authority in your life, but he also has power in your life as well. But let's start at the beginning. Jesus had just called his first disciples to follow him. Jesus had left Nazareth, and he was now in Capernaum, and that was sort of serving as his home base. Capernaum was a a fairly large town. It, It was a thriving, even wealthy area because it was near a popular trade route. In fact, it was the headquarters for many Roman troops as well. And so while it was primarily occupied by Jews... Because of its location, because of its success as a thriving town, there were a lot of what you could say were heathen or pagan influences there as well. And so in verse 21, and by the way, this is Mark chapter 1, verse 21 through 28. So in Mark 1, verse 21, it indicates that Jesus was visiting the synagogue to teach. Now, that's not unusual for Jesus. He visited and and did a lot of teaching, so that was not unusual. The temple in Jerusalem would have been too far away for most Jews to travel to. And so synagogues popped up all over the Roman Empire. Uh, they, They were places of learning, and they were places of worship. And since there was no one particular teacher at a synagogue, what happened is the the leading elder would often invite visiting teachers to to come and to teach their community. So this this was a pretty normal thing uh, that would happen. And so in this case, it was Jesus who was invited to teach. And we don't know exactly how long Jesus had been in Capernaum, but I think presumably it had to be long enough for folks to kind of get to know him well enough to extend this invitation. And so... Unlike Jesus' gospel, I'm sorry, unlike Matthew's gospel, the gospel of Matthew, we don't know what Jesus had been teaching in this particular situation, but I think, 
I think an educated guess would be that he was teaching the good news of the kingdom of God. Let me say that again, and this is sort of hopefully a, some educated guessing here, but I think it was he was teaching on the good news, or the gospel, of the kingdom of God. Now, why do I say that? Well, because earlier in Mark chapter 1, we read these words. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So, whatever Jesus had been teaching, verse 22 tells us that he amazed He amazed his listeners because he taught them as one who had authority and not as the other teachers of the law. Uh, Now, before we go on, what, what exactly does that mean, that he taught as one who had authority and not like the other teachers of the law? Well, it means this. It was very common for the scribes who were the the learned Jewish academy. You know, they were the Jewish scholars of that day. And what they would do is when they would teach, they would cite their tradition. They would say, the great scholar said this, or this great scholar said that. Uh, They would quote and and cite the great Jewish teachers of former days. Uh, That might be the way that uh, a Methodist pastor might appeal to John Wesley or another pastor might appeal to St. Augustine in a sermon. But Jesus didn't do that. He spoke as one who had his own authority. He didn't need to quote somebody else to kind of bolster up his argument. He never said, Rabbi Hillel said this or uh, the Rabbi Shemai said that. He taught as one whose words were self-authenticating. He didn't need to appeal to other human teachers because, of course, we know that Jesus was sent by God himself. Indeed, Jesus was more than a prophet sent by God. Please hear that. Jesus was more than a prophet sent by God. He was God. He was God in the flesh. He was the very Son of God. And so there was and there is no higher authority than that. Well, strangely enough, uh, there was a demon-possessed member of the synagogue who had been in attendance while Jesus was teaching. And so in verses 23 and 24, we read these words. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. You know, I don't know about you, but I always I think it's really interesting that the demons that Jesus dealt with throughout his public ministry, they they always seem to know uh, or to recognize his true identity before anybody else did, just as we find here. The demon asked Jesus, Have you come to destroy us? Us, plural. Now, that may have meant that there was more than one impure spirit or one more than one demon inside the man. Or it may have meant, have you come to vanquish all demons everywhere? And, and the answer was ultimately yes to both. Jesus did come to defeat the devil and all of his, his junior minions, 
You know, I love being able to work that into a message, you know, using the word minions. So Jesus came to defeat them. And here's a quick word about the devil, by the way. I believe the devil, um, I believe in the devil and I believe in demons because I believe the Bible teaches us that they exist. But I really like the way C.S. Lewis put it in his introduction to the screw tape letters. He said this. There are two equal and opposite errors into which we can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence, and the other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. They themselves are equally pleased by both errors. And so we have to watch out for that. But here's the point. Jesus certainly believed in the devil and in demons, and he was encountering, encountering one in our scripture today. The demon knew who Jesus the man was, Jesus of Nazareth. But he also knew the deeper identity of Jesus. He knew that Jesus was no mere man. He was the Holy One of God. And so there was a, an ancient belief in that day that thought that speaking the name of a spiritual enemy would give mastery over it. And so Jesus of Nazareth, perhaps in the mind of the demon, would somehow give the demon mastery over Jesus. So this wasn't just the demon rightly identifying who Jesus was or even paying Jesus a compliment. No, this was, we could say, a very scared demon trying to gain the upper hand over Jesus. And guess what? It didn't work. And so Jesus quickly responded in verse 25. He said, be quiet. Be quiet. And be quiet really meant be muzzled or, you know, less eloquent, shut up. Jesus knew what the demon was up to. But he also knew if the people realized too early who Jesus was, they may try to make him a political or a military leader. And that wasn't why he came. And so Jesus said with great force, come out of him. And so the demon had no choice but to leave the man. He didn't leave the power or authority, or I'm sorry, he didn't have the power or authority to resist the command of Jesus. But he did let his displeasure be known. And so it was with a shriek, it was with a scream that he shook the man violently as he left him. But he had to leave him because Jesus ordered, Jesus commanded him to do so. We know that Jesus did a lot of miracles throughout his earthly ministry. And I want us to connect that with why Jesus delivered people from impure spirits. Jesus did these things to authenticate his teachings. Okay, Jesus didn't do miracles and he didn't drive out impure spirits just to do a, you know, a magician show or to, you know, to put on a show of some sort. No, he was authenticating his teachings, he was authenticating who he was because these teachings were usually about himself, who he was and why he came. For example, do you remember when Jesus healed the paralyzed man who had been lowered from the roof by his friends to where Jesus was? 
And Jesus told the man, he said this, they had just lowered him in, he was paralyzed, he couldn't walk, uh, he was in bad shape. And so Jesus looked at the man and told him, your sins are forgiven. Well, the religious leaders were furious because only God can forgive sins. And so Jesus said to them, so that you may know that I can forgive sins, I'm also going to heal this man. And so what happened? He did. He healed the man. You see, the miracle was performed to point to something greater than the miracle. And that greater something was the identity of Jesus Christ. And so in a similar way, Jesus cast out this demon to let the people know they needed to really tune in to what he had to say. Because if he had the power and if he had the authority to cast out demons, well then Jesus was someone to be reckoned with. And you know what? The people understood this. The people of that day understood this. They asked things like, Who was this teacher from Nazareth? What was he saying about himself? Why had he come? He wasn't like any teacher they had ever heard. Why, he could even cast out demons. He was different from all the rest. And so how did they respond? How did they respond to all of this? Well, verse 28 says this, News about him, that is Jesus, news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. As one person put it, the proclaimer became the proclaimed. The proclaimer became the proclaimed. Word about Jesus spread quickly. Okay. What does that mean for us some 2,000 years later? Well, I want you to know that I poured over Scripture. I poured over a bunch of resources as I prepared for this message. And at the end of all my study, I wrote down the following words. I got to tell you, I was in awe. It really hit me. I mean, I've read all this scripture before. This isn't my first time through this. And yet this time it just hit me in a a different sort of way. And here's what I wrote down. I said, there is no one else like Jesus. You have never met, nor will you ever meet anyone like Jesus. As I said, I was truly in awe. Jesus has the power of, to vanquish powers and principalities, temptation and sin, bondage and alienation, and the power and authority to set the captives free. I know that it's really important for us to always crave application whenever we hear a sermon in church or or even in a podcast. We want to know how to put into practice the biblical principles that we're reading about or that we're hearing about. And and I think it's good and right for us to want that. But you know what? Sometimes the application is simply this, to be in awe of who Jesus Christ is. To be in awe of his identity, of his power, of his authority. To bow in worship to who he is. To listen to what he says. You see, Jesus is the Holy One of God. 
He delivers people from their sin. He delivers people from bondage. He makes people whole and holy. He saves to the uttermost, as we learn in Hebrews 7.25. And he can do that for you too, because he has both the authority and the power to do it. Because why? Because he is God in the flesh. Jesus tells us in Matthew 28, verse 18, that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. What does that mean? That means that he is the Lord, he is the master over the supernatural and the natural, over time and space. He has power and authority in every sphere of life. And I think that ought to make every follower of Jesus Christ to breathe a sigh of comfort. We ought to cry out in joyful thanksgiving. Why? Because this is our Savior. This is our Lord. He is the Holy One of God. So give to Jesus. Give to Him every fear you have, every worry, every sin, every temptation, every desire, everything. Give Him everything. Because he is the Holy One of God who became one of us. Why? Because he loves us. And he calls us to learn more about who he is and why he came and what he taught. And he calls us to love him more with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he calls us to live for him by following him in every sphere of life. And when people see the difference that Jesus, the Lord of all, when everyone sees the difference that he has made in your life, just like in our scripture, word will spread quickly, not about you, but about him. And others will want to know this same Jesus also. Thanks be to God. Well, guys, thank you so much for checking out the podcast today. I really do appreciate it, and it really is always my my hope and deepest desire that it blesses you, uh, that it will bear fruit in your life, that it will encourage you in your faith and, and draw you closer uh, to God, to, to know Him better, to love Him more, to become more like Him, and to follow Him in every sphere of your life. And so... Uh, I'd like you to check out the walkingpoints.com, uh, Walking Points website, walking-points.com. Um, like I said, I got a lot of resources there. You can also check out DaleTedder.com. That's where that's sort of my master resource webpage. Got it has lots of things there as well. But if you want to keep up with when things come out, please subscribe to uh, the walkingpoints.com. Uh, website and you'll get things in your email box to let you know that there's some new material. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. I hope you have a great day and I look forward to being with you next time.